Welcome to Hairblazers, the podcast where we empower you to disrupt the beauty industry, starting with your chair and your salon. You can focus on running your business and tune in here to find out how to keep it moving forward. Investing in stylist education drives your salon's bottom line. Here's how. Number one, better experience drives better retention. It's always more cost-effective to keep a current guest versus recruiting a new one. And education means that your stylists are able to deliver on the newest trends that your guests are asking for. Number two, improved income per hour. Education often drives new efficiencies that can result in either the same service being done in less time or a new service driving more revenue and higher tickets, sometimes both. Number three, retention. If your team feels valued and like you care about their growth, they're more likely to stay. Nobody wants to end up with their top earning artists leaving. And lastly, attract new talent. Education is one of the top three things that stylists are looking for in a new salon, and this is a great way to bring top stylists to your business. Today, we have an extra special guest. His work has been featured on shows like Oprah and The View. He's educated across Asia, Europe, North America. He's done platform work. He's won a ton of awards. Um, And also, his clientele includes likes of Gordon Ramsay and David Beckham. I can't believe I'm one degree of separation away from David Beckham right now. Uh, And... This is Gino Chapman. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gino. Absolutely honored, humbled to be here, uh, ready to get down and dirty. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So today we're going to be talking all about education, how it benefits salons, how it benefits stylists, um, and kind of the impacts around that. So I'd love to hear when in your career you first kind of really, really saw the importance of, of education. Gorgeous. Yeah. The way I saw the importance of education um, when I was in school, all of my mentors who were my educators became friends. And honestly, everyone I hung out with, if my favorite quote that I always say is hang around like-minded misfits, be around people that you want to be about, you want to see, you want to do. So all my mentors that I hung out with were all educators. So I always figured that education was the way of life. I didn't know there was any other thing to do. So as soon as I uh, graduated school, I went straight into education and I didn't know that anybody else wasn't doing education from there. And then I became part of Aveda um, for a long time um, and then branched out and did my own. And now I do my own education. It is the way of life and it's the way of progression. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you speak to anyone who's been in the industry for a long time, who has had a long career, they know Mm. that education is like the number one thing that not only keeps you relevant, but also, you know, keeps it, keeps it fun and keeps it interesting because if you're just doing like, you know, root touch-ups all the time and nothing else, like it can kind of become a little bit repetitive and you really need that education to kind of inject more excitement and creativity and ingenuity back into the process. Otherwise you can kind of like get, get bored. No, absolutely. And you know, again, the number one thing with in anything in in life and evolution progression, if no one's progressing again, then, then when we stay stagnant, we stay static, we, 
there's a famous saying that, you know, if you're not progressing, you're dying. Um, but, you know, the thing about change, change is inevitable. It's going to happen, but progression doesn't. So that's the thing that you have to seek out, either mentors, education, things of that nature. And that's in any aspect of life. And all of that becomes relative, especially for what we do as hairdressers. Yeah, that's so true. I really like what you said, that change and progression are two different things because I feel like a lot of people assume they're the same because right. change is going to happen in life no matter what's going yes. on. It's all – it's, you know, the only constant is, is change. Yes. And I think – making sure you're not confusing those two things yeah. with, you know, things are just different versus things are actually moving forward. I think that's, that's, that's really important. I think not yeah. enough people recognize that there's actually a difference there. Yeah. Cause I, I tell my students, especially when change happens is, you know, don't confuse with being busy as progression is because you can run in place all day long and go nowhere. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, Oh, like when they're like, change is happening so fast, so fast, just because it's changing doesn't mean you're growing, you know? It's when you put yourself in those uncomfortable positions, again, you talk around or you hang around people that you want to be with or like-minded with, you know, that type of stuff is, I have a lot of my students all the time that are like talking about this, this and craziness, craziness. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, what is there, what kind of successes are you happening? What kind of wins are you happening over that type of stuff? You know, so when it comes to, I can, I, I talk philosophy with my students all the time. Because in hairdressing, I think it's extremely relative on what we do and how we do it. So I'd love to hear how mentors have kind of shaped your career and your ethos, I guess, around our industry. Oh, how my mentors have shaped me. Um, you know what? I'll tell you the, the fun thing. When I first had my mentors and I back in the day, because I'm an old hairdresser, <laughs> um, hairdressing back then was very tough. It was very strict. I felt like, you know, mentors, I, I felt like to get information across, you had to almost be very like, like rough at someone. And I found out during my, uh, again, my journey of me being an educator that one, that wasn't me. So I was putting on something that was a fake facade of being like, oh, I had to be rough and tough and deliver information that, yes, it's relative, but if no one's taking on the information, then it's not relative. Mm -hmm. So I found out that I could be me, which me is a funny, silly, crazy person, but just if I apply the information in a correct way and people are grabbing it and taking it in. Um, so I have to say my mentors taught me how to become and be myself, mm. which was a lovely thing. I love so. that. Yeah. Well, the most important thing in education is are the people who are receiving this information actually taking it putting it into place, practicing it and taking something from that class that they're going to move forward with Absolutely. versus just doing the class and then kind of forget about because yeah. then what's the point? And, you know, to your point, not everybody learns very well in that environment that's yeah. very like, you have to do it this way. Yeah. This is the only way, my way or the highway, that yeah. kind of very strict environment. Like a lot of people don't necessarily learn very well within that space. And I think I would even say like, especially not hairstylists, this industry really attracts those who are people, people. You yeah, know, it's like no, you're absolutely. a people, you're a people person, yeah. you're dealing with people all day, you know, you're a creative, you're dealing with, you know, all of these customizing a haircut, a color, et cetera, to every single person who comes in. And I, I really can't see those two things meshing very well. Yeah. yeah. And I think through, I mean, really through education, it helps to find who you are as yourself, as a person, because 
when I first started teaching, I taught people the way I learn, which um, is just a very like, tell me some information and I'm going to go take it and do my own thing. And not a lot of people are like that. And for me, then I had to adapt, shape and mold myself. Obviously, you know, being able to deliver information in a way that the majority of people are going to be able to understand versus just like the way that you personally generally prefer to understand information, you know, making sure that you are branching out so that you can communicate the best you can to like the broadest number of people. That is definitely a super useful skill set. Also still, you know, keeping hold of who you are as a person, being yourself as you're delivering that information, because just as humans, like hairstylists or not, we connect so much more with somebody who is being like genuine and being real versus somebody that you could tell is attempting to be somebody that they're not. So what are some of the challenges that salons face in providing that continuous education? Obviously, budget is one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the challenges for education that, again, budget, financial, finding the humans that are going to give information and give it selflessness, like give it because you want to give it, you know, give it up because you have the information and you want to make someone better, you know, and that's the thing is I get, I talk a lot about philosophy and in human nature and what humans do. But again, information, when people grab onto information, they always figure that it's theirs, 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 it's mine, mine, mine. And this is what I do. And I feel like when you have that type of challenges, if you're put in the place, or also if you put humans in the places of education, to educate is a skill. Just because you know, doesn't mean you can deliver. And I think that's a huge challenge because most people are like, I'm going to put this senior stylist in this place to educate but just because the senior staff has been there doesn't mean that they have the best way of communicating to their staff. And that's why education and seeking out educators is because they've learned the craft. Mm -hmm. They've learned to deliver information, facilitate information, and present information in a way that makes you come alive. And again, it, sometimes I feel like I've uh, been around a lot of older educators and sometimes they just want to yell at you. Oh, no, 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 this, this, this. And it's like, oh, well. So I think, again, back to the problem education is finding someone who wants and even if they're not even know all the information, at least if they're willing to guide you and help you along the way and learn themselves, that's amazing. That's probably the people I want to put in the place when it comes to education. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like moving from being a stylist to a salon owner is you need to learn an additional skill set. Moving from a stylist to being an educator, you also need to learn an additional skill set. You know, anytime yeah. you're making that shift or anytime you're making, you know, progression or growth in your career, there probably are a lot of new skills that you're going to need to learn to be able to yeah. do that successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, called growing pains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing. And, you know, with anything, it's, Again, I, I like the fact last night, you know, talking about failure and, you know, fail forward. I seek failure. And that's one of the things, talking about physical, the thing about if you work out, for those of you out there and you're working out, when you work out, you maintain something. But if you work out to failure, you actually grow. And I always talk to my kids and my students about is, you know, when you're taking your brain and you're pushing it to the max of information that you haven't been there before, that's where growth happens. And... um I find that if you're just doing the same thing, which is good for steadiness, that's nice. Some, we all need that. But I think you need to, when it comes to the education portion, is to put yourself into that place where you go to fatigue, where you can't take it anymore. Because you know what? You can. 
And that's why people get personal trainers is because when they say, I want you to do five pushups, I can't do any more. No, you're going to do five more. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned that budget is one of the challenges. Obviously, availability is one of the challenges as well. But I think there's a lot of ways that you can still take advantage of education, even within those constraints. You know, one thing that we mentioned as well is taking somebody on your team who has a lot of skills, like a senior stylist, and supporting them yeah. in, you know, if they're – obviously, you have to make sure they're interested in becoming an educator. But, yeah. but if you do have somebody on your team who's in that position, and you yeah. probably do, you might just have to ask around and see if there's somebody who's open to that. Yeah. Um, as long as you support them in growing the skill set required to actually educate versus yeah. just do the, the technique, um, that can really – make a difference. And that can also be a really effective way to drive at least a little bit more education in your salon than there was before. But I think there's there's a ton of different ways you can take advantage of it. There can, you know, you can take a look at even partially covering the cost of education. If you can, if all you can do is a little bit, letting your team know, like, this is unfortunately like all, all we can do, but it's yeah. better than nothing. Or limiting the amount of seats that you're able to provide in a class, yeah. taking a look at what your network is offering, seeing yeah. if there's a salon down the street that's doing an education class that you can get in on, or if your retail partner is providing some sort of education that you can get in on. There's a lot of different ways that you can capitalize on education that aren't the full expense of bringing an educator yourself into your salon for oh, a day or two absolutely. days. Again, just talking about business as it goes into education, you know, the most successful and richest people in the world um, don't come from having a lot of resources, but are re very resourceful. And I tell a lot of my kids and a lot of my students that creativity is free. It doesn't cost anything. So if you have the right resources and you can be resourceful, even if you don't have those into, and put them into place, creativity is free. And at the end of the day, all it is is just delivering information. You know, all the rest of stuff is, oh, cool, nice chairs. Like, oh, I need a flip chart. Like if you can't afford any of those things or in, afford printout, imagination, words, bring them on a journey, tell them a storybook, paint a picture. Those things become free and it just becomes, makes you a better artist because it expands on what you do and how you do it. So when it's like, I, when a lot of people are like, oh, my budget, this and that, it get crazy. If you could stand up in front of a room and deliver the information and again and deliver it with kindness and generosity and give it education happens, imagination happens. So I find that for those type of things that sometimes you don't need all that. Just put someone in the room, have some fun, deliver some cool information. Yeah. Absolutely. And if education isn't something that's really in your budget, the thing you can do as well is figure out how much do I need to make this year so I can make education happen next year Absolutely. and let your team know, like if you're doing an offer or incentive or you're driving new guests, yeah. be like, we're doing this thing so that yeah. we can afford to do this cool class for you next year. Absolutely. Let your team in on how you are driving education and yeah. the efforts that you're taking to make sure that you're able to afford to deliver it to them. No, Absolutely what I try to get my team to focus on is yeah, goals are beautiful, but I tell them all the time, a successful person and an unsuccessful person can have the same goal. So that doesn't 
differentiate them together. What differentiates is somebody is the system and how they get there. So for them, I try to build the system is what can I do to help you build the system or the dynamic of how to get there? And education, yes, is one way of doing it. For those type of goal settings, yes, I want people to always set the goals, but I really try to focus more on what is it systematical for you to hit your numbers? What do you want next year? Or putting things even proximity close to them. Because yes, we want goals for the year, but what is it that you want to see next week and then next month and things of that nature? So again, I try to orient the way they think through education to help them build because I want to see people make a lot of money. To me, money, we all can, we can all afford and have nice things, but experience is what we all want. We want to experience something fun. We want to experience something with our families. We want to do something. So yes, can we have the nice car and do that? We absolutely can. But setting those goals, getting those systems, that's what I want because I want to see my kids make a ton of money, you know, and again, to do the fun things they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, I'm not sure if I agree, there's nothing wrong with building a successful and financially viable life for yourself. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. No, absolutely. I tell – the thing is I think most people have a bad connotation with money because I did. I did. I thought money – if I said I want a lot of money, it sounds like I'm ego-driven, this and that. I'll tell you from a, a great entrepreneur that one of the quotes he ever said is, you want to change the world, you build a business. When you build a business, you can make more money. The thing that you can make more money with, and this is the thing that I want to do, and I tell the world this. I'll tell everybody here listening to this podcast that I hope you take it to heart. I want to make a lot of money because I want to change this world, and I want to do a lot of charity. Mm-hmm. Charity is not free. Charity takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of money to get tickets, to get supplies, to be the places that you need to be that norm, like normal people don't have it. So for me, yes, I want a lot of money. I want to make a lot of money. And that happens with change. And I, you know, the only thing to do that. So I, I tell my students, yes, like when you have that, like if you, money only amplifies what you are. If you're a evil person with money, you become an evil person with more money. If you're a great person and you have money, you do great things with it. So I want, I try to paradigm shift my kids through education is like, it's okay if you want money. You know, if you want to do crazy things with it, go do crazy things. But if you want to change the world and do charity work and fulfill your heart and your needs, do charity work, do something fun. So, And businesses have way more potential to make a difference, to impact the world we live in than individuals, than government, than anything else. Because one, they can do things relatively quickly. um, And two, you have the financial resources to do it. If you want to make a difference in this world, being a business owner is a fantastic way to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It gives you the viable financial freedom to do what you want and how you want to do it. And that's where as a young stylist, I didn't get that. It's because all I wanted to do was cool rock star hair, which is absolutely fantastic. You should learn that craft. But I think down the road, through your education, and that's how important education is because it's life education, it's career-oriented education, it's what you take in as yourself and your beliefs as education. It's talking all about it, bringing it back in one of It's like it never stops and it shouldn't stop and keep taking it in um, because it'll just get you to a place where I think we all want to be. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Gino. This is fantastic. Thank you for having me. I loved being able to pick your brain about this. This is fabulous. Well, thank you. I hope to see you all again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Gino Chapman. Make sure you share with your team, leave us a review, and tune in for the next episode. 